on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, February 20th. LA Galaxy, five days away from opening their season against LAFC at the Rose Bowl. Cold, windy, rainy. Should be perfect Southern California weather for a little bit of soccer. Uh, Galaxy close up their preseason with a win over Toronto. Talk about that. Official signing Tyler Boyd. Talk about that. Julian Araujo on his way or in Barcelona now. Talk about that. Uh, the jersey unveiling. The jersey unveiling event. Going to talk about that as well. Rumors. There's a lot of them. Some of them are pretty much confirmed. Some of them are not, but they're heating up a little bit. Help me do that. He's back. He was on airport duty last week, but we've got him in the studio this time, or at least in his studio. It's Kevin, the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, buddy? I thought this was going to be theater talk. Yeah, yeah, that's what you you were in for my uh, whenever I whenever I get old and I retire and I want to do another podcast. Whenever I'm not doing the train podcast, I'm going to do the theater podcast. Is that is that what you're? Yeah, in? I, I'm a I'm a culture vulture now. Uh, obviously, obviously, I know you went to the theater last night, so uh, I, I, I hope you enjoyed time. yourself. I did. That's good. Uh, how was how was picking up Mrs. Panda at the airport? Was it LAX? Did you have to go to LAX? No, oh. no, it was Burbank Airport. Okay. Um, you can Which stay. Is, you can stay married then, because if she asked you to pick yeah. her up at LAX, I'm always like, it's probably better just to get divorced. No, it's so yeah, it's so much better. Burbank is such a great underrated airport. Although she flew Southwest, and they still use the old 1950 styles outdoor um, luggage carousels. Which was always fun. That's that's the charm. That's the charm of Burbank and Long Beach. You get to sort of uh, do that and, and have that. You get to walk down the plane off the stairs. You know, you don't have to go. Th- you don't go through the cushy terminal or anything like that. Well, you know, if you if anyone out there is a friend of Family Guy like I am, I love Family Guy. They, the airport. Whenever they draw an airport, it's always Burbank. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I like that. Uh, very good. All right. Well. Um, I, I should point out I horrible allergy attack. I, the fact I'm not sneezing right now, minor miracle. I'm sure I will at some point during this, uh, this, this podcast. So if I look like, uh, I've been beaten up, I've been sneezing for about five or six hours. I appreciate, by the way, feel fine. Otherwise just watery eyes. You you think you're allergic to the beginning of the MLS regular season? I must be. I must be. I should tell everybody now I'm going to be out of town, so I'm not going to be here for that game. Boycott. No, no. no. I'm just going, I'm going to see my oldest in in Colorado and, and unfortunate timing. And I think this is the first time I've missed a season opener in 15 years. I mean, I usually, I usually get them. Um, and so this is just unfortunate and that's the way it is. And I'll watch it on Apple TV, which we got a little preview of, and we'll talk a little bit about, uh, coming up, but yeah, uh, I, I, I now, now knowing the weather that's a, that's a, that's coming as well. I'm pretty sure I don't need to, uh, 
I like I don't I didn't have to go. Now I'm feeling better about not going. Are, are we going to talk about the weather now, or do I have to be quiet about that until later? Because you always yell at me for you, giving you stuff do, away. You do, you do ruin things, but I'll, I'll bring the weather up right now. Let's talk about it. Well, I got a call this morning from someone at MLS headquarters in New York, and they called me this morning and said, are those weather reports true? Is that really going to be the weather? Is that really going to happen? I go, 80% chance of rain Saturday is what I'm hearing. Right. I didn't know about the cold, 38 degrees at night. Now, I don't know what hour that night is, but that's, the game that's, usually, that's, that's the low. So usually that's around yeah. like two, three, four o'clock in the morning, right? So that's usually when the low is. But but, but you can, I, I think we can safely say mid forties at the at the highest, probably, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're looking at a high of fifty and a low of thirty eight going from Saturday to Saturday night. It's supposed to start raining. In fact, I got a notification my uh, my computer talkie thingy there. We won't say her name. Uh, she warned me right before this podcast and said, "Hey, there's a chance that it's going to rain tomorrow." It, even down here now that's tomorrow and then it's supposed to wednesday it's supposed to pick up a little bit then thursday there's supposed to be more basically you're getting weather thursday friday saturday sunday right now as it stands but this all changes uh, i'm just i'm just well, yeah I, I, I mean i have to say out here in, in the corner of the galaxy uh, northern california studios here in valencia you know i look at my weather thing on my phone all the time and it it's always oh, going to rain and then it never does or it's, it's going to be sunny and it rains so I mean, I think take that weather report with a grain of salt. We're still five, six days away, but it doesn't look good. And and I saw some weather reports from around the country. Apparently, there's a mega storm yeah. that's just going to uh, cross the country this weekend. And so the week, the opening weekend of MLS with the big Apple TV rollout, yep. um, looks like it's going to be horrendous. It's going to be it's going to be wet. It's going to be wet. It's going to be cold. There's might, probably going to be some wind. Yeah. You're going to get stuck in Colorado. No, no, actually, it's supposed to be nice in Colorado while I'm there. So we'll see if that changes. But right now, it's supposed to be way nicer than here. I'm going to be in in, in the sun. You're going to have to ski out of the blizzard. I've I've gotten trapped there before, so it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Big shout out. Twenty eight dollars super chat for Mr. Herb. I got to meet Herb, Kevin. I met Herb. Herb or Herb. Herb, Herb or Herb. Herb, Herb. As okay. as the only co-host who doesn't bring up the chat, so that way you can see what's going on, which is good, by the way, because if you had to pay attention to the chat and do the show, we you would be done. It'd be toast. Yep. Uh, but Herb anyway gave us a $28 super chat. He says, hey, Josh. Hey, Kevin. Uh, just stopping by to say it was a pleasure meeting you. He meant me, not you, because uh, he didn't meet you. Thanks it's for taking a, a minute to, to say hi and take a picture. Have a great show. I am going to admit to something right now that everybody needs to know about me. Uh, my, it wasn't really you. No, it was my, yeah, it was my body <laughs> double. I have a stunt double that goes. Um, I have horrible hearing, uh, and it's probably for 15 years of podcasts and putting things in my ears that are way too loud than they're supposed to be. I talked to the doctor. He says I actually have very narrow uh, ear canals as well, which probably doesn't help my hearing. Uh, but I had good hearing, and now I don't have as good as hearing. And so it's really hard. So when Herb first said that he was Herb, I didn't realize that it was him. So Herb, if I seem like I didn't quite connect there, it took me a good long time to figure out that I was talking to the man, the myth, the legend, because I would have just given you my my children right there because you basically, uh, you know, uh, ro- rolled out this whole podcast. You're, you're the executive producer, Herb, over here. Um, so, so I appreciated meeting you. I've got to say so many people at the event. We'll talk about that. Um, and it's so nice to be able to, to, to reach out and say hi to people and, and, and do that. So, um, thank you, Herb. Appreciate it. Um, you're you're very, very, very much appreciated here, and it was good to see you in person as well. So, um, let's before we get into too much. Um, and I know we all want to listen to Kevin su- suck on his his cough drop or whatever. What do you have? Well, what do you, you have? Yeah, you, you. I'm trying not. One of us has to be healthy for this thing. And if you're going to sneeze your way through it, I had to take a throat lozenger because I've been coughing. 
I mean, so far, so far, I'm the one who's who's handling it better. I, I think. Yes, yeah. yes, you are. Okay, just checking. Well, you got the glass of vodka there too. Y- yeah, water, vodka, either way. Um, sh- just a reminder: three shirts out right now. Cornerofthegalaxy.com shop. We have the Bishop out. I'm not saying it's a day on Yovelich shirt because I wouldn't say that. Um, but you're not saying it's I'm not. not I'm not saying it's not a day on Yovelich shirt either, right? So it's one of those. So if you were wondering where the bishop came from, I'm hoping that with a little explainer, people will suddenly be like, "Oh, I get it." Because I sometimes I think that you know maybe maybe Kevin, you and me and people, we just get these inside jokes and then nobody else ever gets them. Um, but that's that's one to sort of pay attention to. So uh, anyway. Uh, that one is out there, so so look for that. Um, the other thing I would say is that we also have the 1,000 Shows shirt out, um, so 1,000 Shows, uh, and then we celebrate our 1,000th show, and then we have the Designated Player shirt out there, and basically, we are going with a theme of, and I have many of these lined up and ready to go, we are going with a theme of, we are going to explain MLS rules, whether they like it or not, to everybody around there, and yes, it's ironic that you wear uh, wear rules on your shirt, but you're also educating and making fun of at the same time, Kevin. It's it's really a nice mixed bag for, for everybody. Well, if you wanted to explain the whole salary structure, you'd probably need an entire wardrobe. I, I was talking to the hammer, and I was like, "Hey, I go, I wanted." I, he's like, "We'll put put some more on there." I have uh, a general allocation one. Um, I have a U twenty two one, and I have a buyout the buyout clause, right? I have those, those all set and sort of ready to go as well. The, the hysterical thing is you have to trim these down so much because they're so convoluted and hammers like just make the text really, really small. I'm like, yeah, but then it's going to be harder to read. He goes, it's funnier if you can't read it because the text is so small. I'm like, there's something to that. Well, Uh, there's a lot of like, whereas the party of the first part is the party of the second part and all that legal stuff. Yeah, I just it's there's a lot of stuff. Um, by the way, we're selling those shirts until MLS decides to shut us down because I'm pretty sure all that stuff is probably theirs. Um, you know, they came up with the crazy rules. I figured it would be a good way to educate people and do stuff. So those are the three shirts we have out there. Twenty five dollars each. You can go on our shop corner of the galaxy dot com. Click the shop button and be there. Kevin, are you amazed? Yes. Are you wonder? Are, are you finally are you were you shocked to learn that Julian Araujo had been transferred to Barcelona? Um, yes or no. I mean, Greg kept saying it was going to happen. Um, it, it, it just this thing got to be so wacky. One of the things I mused about in the newsletter last week was, would it be possible for Julian Araujo, because he was going to Barcelona but needed to be loaned to a place to play, and so many of the top leagues in the world, the transfer window was closed. MLS is not closed, and I'm used over the f- possibility: would it be possible for Julian Araujo to be loaned back to an MLS team and play against the Galaxy? Yes, and the Galaxy have his rights, so. No, that would they be don't. A very hard they don't. They transferred him, so they don't have his rights anymore. He can technically come back to any team. But that just seemed like such a convoluted possibility. But the way everything was going, I thought it might happen. Yeah, maybe I, it still will. I mean, it, it could. Uh, uh, Barcelona eventually, and according to Greg Vanny, Barcelona eventually agreed that basically they said, "Hey, you need to, you know, we need to have him." And so it makes sense for us just to do the, complete the transfer. And I'm sure there were some legal wranglings here because it certainly seemed like the LA Galaxy and every time Greg Vanny talked, Kevin was like, "Hey, the transfer was not contingent on registration, 
right? And he said that a couple times. And it almost seemed like there was maybe some legal stuff with Barcelona saying, well, we couldn't register him, so we're not going to pay you the money. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not how that works. I don't have any confirmation of that, but just the way that the Galaxy stayed very quiet and just stayed sort of to the to the quote-unquote facts of the deal leads me to believe that there was something going on there where Barcelona was like, well, we'll give them back to you, and then in six months, we'll do the same deal. Like, you know, it was like one of those, perhaps, and the Galaxy are like, no, we made the deal. It's over with now. Done. We have to move on. Well, the reason I think all that happened, and, and I don't want to, again, tease something that you want to talk about later, but... Greg kept saying that that he wanted to replace Julian with another U22 player. He wanted to use the same mechanism, and there was a number of things that had to happen. And Julian staying with the Galaxy or even being in limbo would have blown all that up. Now we know that the Galaxy have been deep in negotiations with a U22 player who would come in to play right back. And to me, when I found that out, that explained why Greg was so, was so focused on getting this deal done because the longer – Araujo remained in limbo the longer these other deals that Greg had in the works remained in limbo. And and Greg needed to get Araujo out of the way. Not that he didn't want him or right. didn't value him, but he was going anyways. He had to go now, like right away, because to, for for this other deal to, to work and get this other player in before the season's half over. Yeah, it's a... Uh... You see that. And, and there was sort of the, the Galaxy couldn't wait because if it needed to happen, it needed to happen now. We talk about the summer transfer ban all the time, but you know, realistically, they have to do that right now if they're going to do it. They can't afford to wait. That's why the loan didn't loan back wasn't going to work. It makes things complicated with MLS rules. And how would that actually work? And how would he fit in the team? And so I imagine the Galaxy were like, no, that's too. We're not getting involved in that. That's not something that we want to really take a look at or take a shot at here because it's it starts to be too difficult for us to bring somebody in because if they're going after somebody, they're going to want to bring somebody in who's going to be the starter, right? Um, by the way, Kelvin Leardam has not been the worst defender on the LA Galaxy back line. There's been two unfortunately porous uh, players who have been playing on the back line. It hasn't been Kelvin Leardam, but Kelvin Leardam is not your long-term solution. There has to be somebody else there. Um, and so we'll talk about that rumor as it sort of comes up and as we go. But Julian Araujo got to eventually get the send-off that he deserved, finally. Um, lots of thank yous and lots of posts about things. I'm going to tell you one thing. Kevin, you were there for it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Julian Araujo and his rise from the kid we talked to in the parking lot outside of Dignity yeah. Hill Sports Park. Do you remember? So you wanted you were going to do a story on Julian Araujo and you wanted to talk to his mom and his dad, too. Right. Right. And you're and yeah. you, and you told me you're like, hey, do you want to tag along? Right. The whole because remember, you didn't didn't you like forget your recorder or something like that. And so you wanted me to I record it. That might have been it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think and I was like, well, I'll go. I don't I don't care. I haven't met the kid. It sounds like fun. So we're out in lot 13 and we go and we run into his parents. Right. I think we ran into his parents first um, and talked to his mom and a little bit. And then Julian came out that the Julian that we talked to was the shy kid. Didn't really have a voice. I mean, what, what were your initial impressions of him? Yeah. Well, if you remember, we had him on the show a couple of times, too. And um, he was brutal. I mean, he he was a nice guy and everything, but but really, all he did was agree. You know, are you glad to be with the Galaxy? Yeah, really glad. Um, how do you feel? I feel good. It's like nothing. There was nothing there. It was a terrible interview. Yeah. And then he and then we talked to him like nine months later. Remember, I think he was at a at a driving range or something. <laughs> totally different guy. He just matured overnight. But the thing about Julian, if you remember at the beginning, there was an incredible backstory. There was a kid that Julian grew up with, his best childhood friend, a guy that that got him into soccer and played with him all the time. Julian was on his way. Barcelona seems to be a, um, a I don't know, a, a like a thread, spooky, 
Yeah. Well, no, well, a thread, but but also a haunted place for Julian because when he was going to Barcelona the first time as a kid t- to go to La Masia as as a prospect, he wound up in the Barcelona Academy in Arizona. Everyone knows that, but I don't know how many people know that he went to Barcelona for a week when he was, uh, I don't know, 14, 15. Anyway, as he's getting on the plane, he gets a call. His best friend has been shot dead. Uh, uh, and Julian turns around. He wants to get off the plane. And, and some of the Barcelona people and, and some of his friends said, no, no, you have to go. Your friend would want you to go. Your friend got you this opportunity by training you how to play. He wants you to go to Barcelona. So Julian cried the entire flight, 15 hours, cried all the way to Barcelona on the plane, got off and then kind of dedicated his career to this friend. Um, and then right before Julian made his debut with the Galaxy, his dad had a heart attack. And yep. his dad was a truck driver and couldn't drive the truck anymore because of the heart attack. His mom works at the school district in Lompoc. And when Julian was making his first appearances, they would come up from Lompoc with sometimes 200 people in a carpool and come up to watch him play. And then you think about two years ago at the end of the COVID thing, when people were, we were starting to come out of COVID, Julian held this major fundraiser with the United Farm Workers. Uh, both of his parents worked in the in the fields, and so did, I think, his uncle. And he held a major event where they gave out food and school supplies and other things for the families of farm workers. I mean, Julian didn't forget where he came from. Yeah, it, it certainly didn't seem to. But I, I always just try to, to juxtapose that with uh, the guy who got to say goodbye to Galaxy fans. I don't know. I don't know if you watched it, Kevin. Um, I'm sure most of the people here have watched it, and I watched it about, I don't know, 20 or 30 times. Uh, I couldn't be rooting for the kid more, especially now that he's at Barcelona. I always talk about how I like Galaxy players to succeed. Uh, this is one of those kids you want to see succeed. He's just, he's got everything. But his goodbye, this video here, where he starts with, you know, oh my God, my G's. Uh, I never thought I'd have to make a video like this, right? The whole deal. Um, I, I It was so perfectly him. And so many of these often seem contrived, right, Kevin? We see, they, they, maybe they see, seem like, uh, you know, somebody wrote it for him. Uh, if Julian Araujo is reading this, uh, or if it took him 23 times to get it correctly, I don't care how it happened. It comes across as the most genuine, most heartfelt thank you for being with me during my career that you could possibly ever get. And matter of fact, if I do this another 15 years, I don't think I'm going to see that level of humility, honesty, down to earthness, right? He's he's just one of the guys and he's thanking the fans. He's thanking them for being there and he means it. And if he doesn't mean it, then he needs to come back to Hollywood and be an actor. Because if you watch that, if you look at that kid in the eyes when he is doing that video, you can tell there's a part of him that he's leaving. Uh, I said so many LA Galaxy players sort of, you know, just sort of fly through the airspace here with Kevin, right? Like you get guys in and they're like, yeah, I love the LA Galaxy, you know, blah, 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 the whole deal. They say all the right things. They do all the right things. They, they're that thing, but they just sort of transit the airspace. They're not, they never get themselves planted. And for Julian Araujo, for guys like him, for guys like AJ De La Garza, right? There's this plantedness, this connection to not just the LA Galaxy, not just the fans, but to everything around them. And and to me, that's Julian Araujo. Super excited. The humbleness, the humbleness reminded me a lot of Zlatan. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure that, that's... Well, that's you, what, you, you know the other thing about this, too, and, and this is not so much an indictment of the Galaxy or even MLS, although there's this perception that MLS is... Well, it's not La Liga. Um, so... He's now, although he'll be playing for Barcelona too, he's he's training with a La Liga team. I think this is going to be a big, big boost to his uh, national team career with Mexico, with the new coach 
and then Julian in a new in new surroundings where they can't use that knee jerk reaction. Well, he's an MLS, can't be a good player. Um, I think this is going to do wonders for his national team career. I expect him to get call up a couple times this year. Yeah, I, it's just it, it's 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 fun. It's going to be fun to watch him. It's going to be fun to see if he can. And, and you know. Who's you know who his coach is there? Just Rafa Marquez. Rafa Marquez, one of the best defenders in in Mexican history, right? You, you don't think? Yeah, you don't think Rafa Marquez is calling up the federation saying, "Hey, get get my boy right. back there, call him up, take yeah. a look at this guy." Yeah, I mean, and I think he's a great, sort of a great guy to go and and work with too, right? And he understands defenders. I mean, that's kind of fun. Defenders always make the best coaches, as far as I'm concerned. I was also a defender. I, I can I can well, understand that. Well, we've actually talked about that, and I, I've actually talked to to coaches and 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 players. It's like in baseball, catchers always make the best managers. Why? Because they see the entire field. They're calling pitches. They're working with the pitchers. They're the only player on the field that works closely with the pitcher. And in soccer, it's the same thing. Goalkeepers and defenders and sometimes holding midfielders, they're the guys with the field in front of them. They're the guys who have to work strategy. So many strikers play with their back to the ball most of the game Yeah. Um, and, and don't see what their teammates are doing. I think that's why defenders, you know, Bruce Arena was a goalkeeper. Um, you know, Bob Bradley was a defender and, uh, you know, or, well, a defensive midfielder. So many of those guys, Greg Vanny was a defender. So many of those guys play defensive positions in their playing career. Yeah. Jesus, by the way, in the chat room says Roth already said, stated he didn't want Julian Rajo. He's not a Julian Rajo fan. That's, I don't believe that for a second. It is. It is. Listen, the politics over at Barcelona right now are so ridiculous. I mean, they got, they got, they got caught cheating. So Julian Rajo went from one team that got cheating to another team that got possibly got cheating, cheating uh, with, uh, with their paying off of the refs. Have you seen any of that? I've been, I've been following yeah. on the periphery. I was like, Oh, it's going to get better. Here it comes. Well, I, you know, Rafa may have been quoted as saying that or, or misquoted even, you know, may, maybe that's out there. I don't doubt that. But once Julian is there, you have a Mexican national team player as the coach and a Mexican national team prospect as his player. It just, it, it, it furthers Rafa's career in a lot of different ways. If, if his, you know, if his compadre, you know, goes back and plays for Mexico just as he did. Um, so whether Rafa Marquez had some legitimate doubts, I think once he realizes the upside to getting one of his players playing on the Mexican national team, I think he's going to be all in. It's good. Uh, I'm super interested to watch how Julian Araujo progresses there or doesn't progress, right? I said uh, in his thing, I said maybe Julian Araujo will be back in 10 years, right? Where he'll have played a successful European career. He will have gone and done the things and he comes back at 31, 32 years old and comes in and once again, you know, comes back to MLS to finish up his career. And, you know, you couldn't count out the LA Galaxy from being that team if, if, if indeed it's it's something like that or Julian Araujo could be back in 36 months right it could it could be that quick maybe it doesn't work out in Europe and maybe he comes back bottom line is the galaxy got him to where he wanted to go and that means the bridge hasn't been burned that burned there and that he can come back right I mean that's, well, and that's, that's what you see and that's why you make that speech like that that's why you 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 make but you know we've seen other prospects I I don't want to equate the two but when Yulianez went to Europe from the Galaxy Academy. People talked about how good he was supposed to be, and he got U.S. national team call-up. I think he scored a goal in his debut. Um, he's just sort of disappeared. Uh, you know, we've had some other players that have gone over there um, and just sort of disappeared. The European game seemed to be too big for them. The moment was too big for them. I don't see that happening with Julian. Not only does he have the experience of two-time MLS All-Star, he succeeded here at the highest level in this country, but I think he's... Despite the humbleness, I think he's also very confident. Yeah. I don't think the moment is going to be too big for him. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So Julian Rajo now gone to Barcelona, which allows the LA Galaxy to replace him. We'll talk about that replacement uh, likely to be coming in. All right. So the next thing was the jersey unveiling, right? The LA Galaxy unveiled this jersey, the uh, one of the worst kept secrets. And so we're going in chronological order here. I mean, more or less, we're trying to. Okay. Okay. Um, right, so they unveil uh, unveil the jersey. I was gonna, I was going to say worst kept secret outside of Tyler Boyd signing with the LA Galaxy. Uh, Greg Vanny even called that the worst kept secret in all of Major League Soccer. Uh, but you get uh, the jersey unveiling. This is sort of the the continuation of the tech green uh, uh, life here. Whenever you had the community kit, uh, and now you have you know the city of Los Angeles uh, flag here. This is the second kit that features, or at least tries to copy or emulate uh, the city of Los Angeles flag. You remember the black flag or the black jerseys with the red and the green, and the yellow like shoulders, and I think there was a the underarm sort of came down into either a red or yellow. I can't remember exactly. Lots of people love that. Okay, I was not a fan of that one. I'm, I'm a fairly big fan of this one. Saw it in person, was at the unveiling. Uh, saw this kit, liked the details. Uh, obviously, it's once again, the authentic is so much different in look and feel and things. I just, I it, it's almost a shame because I think it's like $220 now for an authentic Kevin if you get it. If, wow. you, if you get it like uh, customized with everything that you want to get, uh, there's some deals out there. If you're looking to get it, I understand there's lots of people who aren't going to buy it because they don't want any money to go to the galaxy. I understand that part about it as well. Uh, I really do like this kit. It's it's I would have preferred that they not try to do another not navy blue kit. Right. Like they, they've had sort of that community kit and that was a big deal and it was a change going back to a solid navy blue this time. I think I would have preferred it. Having said that, this is pretty much as good of a hit as you can get. Um, I'm just surprised at the cost. Um, and that's an Adidas thing and everything else that is going on. I'm surprised at the cost. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see this kit was not as popular as the community kit. Not even close. Uh, whether that's the the current political situation around the LA Galaxy uh, or, or whether that's just that there wasn't that demand. People at the Jersey unveiling certainly liked it. Um, I, I wouldn't say that there are people here who are saying, oh, it's not good. I did see somebody saying that, you know, they didn't need to go with the city of Los Angeles flag because the red sort of throws this off a little bit. And I, I can kind of see it. Somebody showed uh, what it would look like with the green and the yellow. Uh, and it looks really solid, harkens back to the past for the L.A. Galaxy. But, you know, in this particular case, trying to trying to get that L.A. street cred uh, on a lot of things. I mean, Kevin, last when the community kit came out, you and I were talking. I was like, this thing's going to fly off the shelves. I You better be paying attention to this. It's going to be gone real fast. And I was right. Uh, and this time I never called you about the kit once. No. And and actually, the whole ceremony did not go as well as probably the Galaxy would have hoped. It's supposed to be some uh, meeting greets with players with season ticket holders, right? And and at the unveiling, that didn't happen. The whole ceremony was very short and quick and sweet. Maybe not so sweet. No, I mean, I, I was I was going to get there, which was which was the next part. I was looking at it, but I wanted to get to me just driving up. Can I talk about me yeah. driving up first? Yeah, I, I keep forgetting the chronological. This thing. exactly. This is we're trying to. I'm trying to keep this very simple for everybody, and that way it sort of goes. Uh, I drove up from Orange County. Uh, it's a Thursday night at what time? I think the doors opened at six. I think I got there about six fifteen or six twenty, something like that. Um, so on the freeways, took me about ninety minutes to get there. Not surprising. Not too bad. Uh, driving up the freeway, I was surprised on the five right between the five and the one on one split on the northbound. There was a Klein out sign uh, that was there, and then of course whenever. 
whenever I arrived to the uh, the theater itself, which, by the way, gorgeous theater, the million dollar theater. Um, I think Joe Tatino said 1918 was whenever it was dedicated, which is um, yep. amazing. Uh, I love old theater history whenever it comes to that. And there's so many cool um, old theaters here. Whenever you just go walking down the street, I've been to a couple of events at some of the other older theaters here. Uh, you know, parking was fine. I mean, some people were sort of talking about how, uh, you know, they wish the LA Galaxy would have had free parking and that they like, rented out the parking garage. Parking was right around the corner. It wasn't too bad. Um, right next to the Manchester market, right? So there was all these things. I have said, and I have told you, and I called you after this event, the LA Galaxy absolutely 100% nailed the location. I thought the location was cool. I thought the theater was gorgeous and sort of had that old Hollywood feel to it. So whenever you're linking to the LA Galaxy with downtown LA and sort of that old Hollywood feel, that makes a lot of sense to me. Right. There's history there. So you can go there and you could do that uh, next to something. It was fun because I was hearing from from different people who said that they've been coming to the Manchester market since they were little kids. And they remember going and playing video games there. Uh, one of the the nag boys, uh, the News Across the Galaxy guys was there. and We got to talk a little bit. I think it was Edgar. Um, so we got to talk a little bit about that as well. Just sort of the history. So nailed it. 100 percent location. Loved it. Um, but I want to push back a little bit. And yeah. this is going to be really unpopular. I yeah. know, but I'm going to say it anyways. The downtown location, the the theater is beautiful. It's an old historic theater, and you can go into um, it's the symbolism, the importance, all the historic things that have happened at that theater and and along that stretch of Broadway as well. I mean, it's a really historic area. But for the Galaxy to to sort of come in and claim that, I mean, the Galaxy played in two cities, Pasadena and Carson. Right. I understand they're the LA Galaxy, and they want to be Southern California's Galaxy. I understand all that, but – they have played in Pasadena, and they, and they essentially then skipped downtown and went to Carson. Um, so, uh, you know, I just point I just point that out just to be just to be fair. We didn't miss that. We didn't you, understand that. You want to be fair? I understand. But here's the thing: if the LA Galaxy are Southern California, then being in the center of it is fine too. Being in North, if they go into the Valley, that's fine. If they go into the inland, I mean. One, I think one of the big arguments against sort of the LAFC heart of the city thing is that, okay, cool. So this is this is the small section that you're looking for, and the LA Galaxy want to pull from everywhere. And that no, and it's that's not fine. as limiting. And, and right. I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going right. to compare them to the other team. But I, will. Uh, I mean, I think, I, I think a, a more probably a fair uh, comparison would be the Lakers and Kings who played in Inglewood for so many years. The LA Rams and the Chargers playing in Inglewood. Um, you know, the Lakers are now downtown. The Kings are downtown. The Clippers are downtown. Uh, the Rams, um, you know, left the Coliseum, then to Anaheim, to St. Louis. They haven't played downtown in decades, and they're still the L.A. Rams. Right. The Angels tried to become the, uh, you know, L.A. Angels of Anaheim. That never really worked. That's still but, horrible, yes. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a lot of other teams that play in suburban places, you know, across the country. The Atlanta Braves don't play in Atlanta, right. for example. No, I mean, there's, there's lots of County. places like that. But, I, no, I and I, just, I mean, you know, New England Patriots don't play, like, you know, near Boston. They, Foxborough, they, yeah, yeah. They play way out in the middle of nowhere, right? Same thing with, uh, with the New England Revolution because they play out of Foxborough, that type of thing. I get that. I just think that you're allowed to put, put this, 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 this thing that you want to do, this event, anywhere you want to do. And by the way, I said uh, Manchester, I meant Grand Central Market. They're already correcting me because I'm an idiot. Um, I know, I know where, where I is, went. Where's the, Man- where's the Manchester Market? I probably in Manchester. Uh, in, yeah, somewhere in England. Grand Central Market is really cool, though. Yeah, it's it, amazing. Place. So really cool, really cool vibe. Love the vibe of the Grand Central Market. By the way, uh, the Galaxy set up a pop up shop that's sort of out on the street there, so you can see it as you're sort of coming by. And they also have, um, you know, like kits and pressings. That's where I got to see uh, Cosmo, um, and I got to talk to Cosmo a little bit. And I was in the video if you if you saw because we thought I was 
for sure 100% convinced Cosmo had absolutely crisped this guy's jersey because you know how you hold down the press and the press got sets for a certain amount of time and then like the timer goes off and you're supposed to pull it up well Cosmo couldn't get it up he couldn't oh, that's that's funny Cosmo couldn't get the press <laughs> up uh, and so he was trying and he couldn't do it and I'm like oh oh, oh it's getting crispy in the and one of our listeners was standing next to us and, and he knew the podcast and he, it was his jersey and I'm like oh no I go I think Cosmo just crisped your jersey man and the whole deal and it came out it was fine right the whole deal I told Cosmo I'm like I'm pretty sure I, I go you were worried though weren't you just a little bit you were you thought you ruined it right and that's that that video that was sort of there um so you know i enjoyed that part of it there's there's there was a complete miss though um and i i think you know i got to talk to some marketing people i understand what they were trying to do the big miss was the stage show huge miss this is a team the la galaxy who held a jersey event kevin at the novo Right. And in downtown, you know, at, at Staples Center at the time at Staples Center had, I don't know, thousands of fans there. It felt like um, had this big stage show. Zlatan was there. There was lasers and, you know, dried ice and fog and and all this cool stuff and cool art and all this stuff around. You walk through that theater and you went in and you sat down. That was the only thing that there was really to do was go walking through the lobby and sitting down. So I went and I was placed about two thirds of the way back in that lower orchestra section there um, because that's where the press was. So I sat there and at about 630 or so, the event started. Joe Chitino came out. He interviewed uh, Tyler Boyd, who had not been officially announced at the time. Um, so he did that. I thought it was strange. They brought somebody out who was not officially announced, but they uh, apparently they felt pretty confident of it. Um, Tyler's a good guy. I wouldn't say he's necessarily like energetic and, and super pumped and really trying to like get everybody. And I, I think the hammers told me, he goes, this should have been a pep rally, right? Because you're, you're a little more than a week away from the, one of the biggest games of the year. You're playing at Pasadena. This should have been the excitement and everything. And it was awkward and it was stumbly. And you know how, like whenever uh, you go to talk uh, and then somebody's clapping and it's like, Oh, I'm going to stop and let you clap. But then they st stop clapping because they want to let you talk. Right. It's like, like a, a little bit of something like that. It was just awkward. The whole thing was awkward. So Tyler Boyd. Well, yeah. And I think the Tyler Boyd thing was awkward. He's going to talk to the press, by the way, tomorrow. I think it's his first official, you know, meeting with the press because he just was officially signed today. But, but think about the Tyler Boyd thing. And you kind of mentioned it. This is a team with Ricky Pooj, with uh, a four time world cup player and Martin Caceres with Chicharito, with a guy like Julian Bond, who's so personable and, and just such a great guy to talk to. All these other guys, they, they, you know, Efron Alvarez grew up a stone store. Literally, he could have walked to his mom's house from the theater. Right. And why not him? Yeah. Um, but Tyler Boyd, a guy who's technically not even on the team at that right. point. Right. That just seemed very weird. It, it seems like they were trying to go with a theme of like local, right? Because they went with Tyler Boyd, who's Santa Barbara. Born in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. But Santa Barbara. He grew up in Santa Barbara, right? Again, Efrain. Did they have him? Walk to his house. They, they had to. They had him. Okay. I mean, he was there with Jalen Neal. Um, Ephraim is, how do I say it nicely? Ephraim is not the most explanative whenever it comes to his answers. Um, and so that's not necessarily, again, it's the same energy. If you're going to pick people for this, you, I think you really have to look at picking people for the right energy. You and I know almost every reporter knows all the PR staff knows who the guys you want to talk to. Like you could have had Raheem Edwards. 
right? Because that's a guy who, who knows how to get up, who sort of talks to people, who can get the people excited. Like Raheem is one of those guys. You could have had somebody like, as you say, uh, Martin, you know, Costaris, he could come in and he could talk a little bit about that stuff. AJ De La Garza. AJ, AJ signs just, for a day, right? Yeah, just bring him in and, and, and do the whole thing. So they had that. Uh, and then they had Chicharito. Um, you know, they did talk to Chicharito. They got the, the big guy on there and that's what they should have done. Uh, he kind of had to limp out to the chair, which isn't a great look. Uh, and Chicharito is gen. If you want to know about butterflies and rainbows and all the other things, Chicharito's your guy to talk to. And if you want to have sort of, you know, a rah, rah sort of thing, it just, it missed every single one missed. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I wonder who they're going to bring out next. I, at one point I almost turned to Mike gray who was sitting next to me and was like, so when's this thing going to start? Because it almost feels like these are just sort of like the pre-show, right? It goes. And then they bring the players out in the jerseys and the, the kit was launched, right? That was, I mean, I was like, Oh, okay. So the entire team's up there. Most of them are wearing the Jersey. Um, they had the goalkeepers, not in the jerseys. They had them in their goalkeeper kits. That's fine. No problems. Looking at the whole thing, watching how it goes. And I was like, okay, cool. I wonder what's next. And then they just left and they walked off the stage and I was like, oh, well, we were supposed to have interviews afterwards. I'm like, okay, so we'll, we'll go up. We were supposed to be invited up to the stage. So we went up to the stage and it's like seven o'clock now. So we started like right around 630, a little after 635. And we're talking to Ricky Poosh who talked real quick and, and sort of maybe we had three or four minutes with him and he answered all the questions and the whole deal, but that's fine. Uh, and then Jalen Neal, we got to talk to Jalen Neal, which is great. I don't know that you know, we're still sort of Jalen is going to be one of my favorite people to follow this year. I really expect some good things from Greg Vanny sort of, I think is expecting these good things. Jalen is incredibly poised. Whenever he talks, he says the right things. He knows how to do it. He adds in the, the correct flavor to whenever he does things. He's going to, he's a very good interview for what it is, but he's not a starter. And he's not like the, the sort of the big name that you would expect at you know, the Jersey unveiling that you'd want to talk about the Jersey and, and do all this stuff. And then it was done. The worst part about this, though, was and I had a, a season ticket member flag me down whenever I was walking through um, the Grand Central Market um, was they were like, you know, that they were supposed to have autographs and pictures with the players. I said, oh, I go. I didn't. They didn't. On my schedule, it didn't show that. So I didn't I didn't know. And she goes, no, it's right here. And she showed me the season ticket member email. In fact, she forwarded it to me. Um, so there were all those guys there and they left. And there was a whole bunch of people who sat in the front row and they told people, basically, if you're in these rows, these first however many rows, the first 250, I think, season ticket members, you could get photos and autographs. And so they waited there while we did the press and they waited and they waited. And then they say, all right, that concludes our event. And they turned around and those not one guy stopped there to sign autographs or anything like that. Not that I know of. I didn't see one. Well, here are three things. First of all, what you described, you it took you longer to drive one way to the event than the event itself. Yes, that's never a good thing. Two, um, I, I, I'll bet you a million dollars those players never knew that they were supposed to sign autographs because I can't think of more than a small handful of players in the galaxy that would that would turn their back on the fans. They're all pretty much a, a bunch of really good guys when it comes to the fans and the supporters groups. So the, don't blame the players. They didn't know. Yeah. I, and then I, third, would, I would suggest that they didn't know. Yes. Correct. And then third, here's the galaxy. First of all, I don't know if the season ticket holders necessarily ask for it, but they were told you are going to get to meet these players and have autographs and pictures. Come here, sit in these seats, wait afterwards patiently. We will get these players to you. And then they're told the players have left. This happened at a time when your main supporters groups are boycotting you and standing outside your event, calling for the, your president to be fired. This was a, a huge opportunity for a makeup call. It was early in the, in the evening 
Um, it wasn't like it was midnight. It was seven o'clock. Those players easily could have come over, spent an hour with the fans or a half hour, whatever. That would have been that would have been a an amazing thing for the galaxy to do at this point in time with their relationship with supporters. This was a huge unforced error on the galaxy's part, and it feeds the narrative. I'm not going to say that this was their intent, right? But if you're the supporters group, that feeds that narrative of they don't really care about the supporters. That just it, it's just that's exhibit A right there. Yeah, and and I was again I was talking to some people, and I know that the budget was tight on this. Um, and and I don't think you needed to spend a whole bunch of money in order to have that stage show be something like it, it needed to be more than what it was. Um, and it it turned awkward. It was awkward. It was cringy. And I know there's people who worked hard. And that's the whole thing. You and I were talking about this, and I was trying to talk about this with with some people around the galaxy as well. It's like you you can't take all of this criticism personally right i understand how hard people work and quite honestly i imagine the budget had a lot to do with sort of what that was and how that was sort of put together um and they tried to do it the the weird thing with the grand central market after you got done and like it was real lively upstairs but they were selling the galaxy kits downstairs and by the time i got there there was this downstairs basement area that had uh, i don't know one two three four like six tables that were all around that with people waiting to be sold wait, waiting to sell the jerseys there there was nobody there uh, I didn't, you know, I saw the jerseys that were sold because a lot of people were getting them um, personalized there at the market and they were had, I think at one point there was a 90 minute wait basically to get your, your jersey, uh, you know, uh, personalized, which is a long time, probably should have had more personalization people there, um, but maybe they thought maybe people weren't going to get them uh, personalized there, they'd get them personalized at the stadium, however it goes. Um, but it was just, that was the thing. I think they expected a lot more people there and maybe, a, maybe more people being there makes this a more entertaining event, right? Because with more people, there's more things. I, I don't know. I can't give you a great estimation on it. I would guess 150 to 200, 250 people is probably, I, I, I'm horrible at guessing though. Like I can guess in the stadium, like try to put me in a, in, in a group of people, but there weren't that many people sitting behind me and I was two thirds of the way in the, in the uh, back from the, the orchestra level there. And there was nobody up in the balcony. Well, you know, if budget was a problem, um, and I get, I, you know, Dignity Health Sports Park is a great venue, and the uh, America, what used to be the American Express Club, but it's called Champions Lounge now, whatever it's called, is a is a great place to do something like this. They would have had access to the scoreboard. They would have had access to the to the gift shop. You could have got down and bought bought other things other than just the jersey. I mean, again, it was a great venue, but if you're telling me. Part of the reason the event went south was a budget problem. Well, then don't spend the money to rent the million dollar theater, which probably cost a million dollars, right? Because that's I don't know. I, I know I'm going to get lambasted by by some people saying I'm being unfair. I, I don't think I'm being unfair. I called you after the event and told you exactly what I thought. I talked to Hammer after the event and told him exactly what I thought. This is this is just the way it came across. I've seen I've been the Novo thing was so much fun and I would tell you how wonderful and great it was. And obviously the budget for that gigantic. Right. I mean, you know, whenever you're doing the Novo and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's it. I mean, that's sort of where we're at. Uh, well, that, that, that thing with the fan, the fan interaction, that is just at this time in this climate, that is such a horrible, horrible, unforced error. Um, I, I just can't I, I, fathom how that was allowed to happen. I will say that I did not see Greg Vanny there. So if he was there, I didn't see him. I didn't see any members of the coaching staff there. If they were there, I didn't see him. Um, I didn't see any members of the like front office, the hierarchy um, there. I did. If they were there, I didn't see him. They could have been in other places. I just I just didn't see him. I don't know if anybody else saw him. Um, so I that seems 
weird as well. Um, they were at Coachella the day before. Uh, I imagine they came back Wednesday night, uh, but they could have come back Thursday morning. And so maybe people were off doing stuff. And, and but I mean, this is an event they knew about. Just weird. Uh Again, I like the kit. Um, I like the location. I thought it was going to be really cool. Uh, and it just, it missed. And that happens. I just don't think the Galaxy can really afford to miss much right now. So. No, no. Uh, it, I mean, it, it, you, you have to play to the room. And right now the room is angry. Yeah, yeah. Julio, by the way, gives us $2 Super Chat, says uh, you're not being unfair. I mean, I get that. I, I will tell you this. I had fans come up to me and talk to me. And they were livid. If the the amount of criticism that I'm dishing out right now is tame in comparison to what some of these people said. And remember, I work for a construction company. I know all the bad words. Uh, there were a lot of those in there. And I was like, "Woo! it's it's a little that was that happened on more than five occasions where people came up to me and said something. Uh, and with the amount of people there, that's, you know, that's not <laughs> for me. That's a pretty high representative sample of, of people who sought me out to talk to me about it. Um, happy with the kit, liked the kit, went there, was very disappointed with the event. So that's it. I, I wanted to talk about that and sort of say, you know, that's that's how it went. And that was my experience. And, you know, they're not all home runs, but I, I just think that they, I think it could have been better. I think it needed to be better. And, and it wasn't. So was that like a more like a, a soft ground ball back to the pitcher? I mean, it's a strikeout as far as I'm concerned. I don't think any okay. contact was made. Uh, you know, maybe they fouled off a couple before they struck out. But that last that last swing was a whiff for sure. OK, uh, let's see what we also saw then. Then this leads into the game on Saturday, right? So you get the L.A. Galaxy in a preseason game against Toronto. This is actually supposed to be the good test. This is supposed to be at the diggity. This yeah, is at the diggity. It's a, yeah, it's at home. Um, I got there. There was protests out in front, as you would imagine that they would be um, inside. I would say noticeable that the supporters groups weren't there. And it has been noticeable at all of these things, whether you're at Coachella, whether you're at the season ticket member event. And maybe that was what was missing was that the supporters groups weren't inside, you know, chanting and making the normal noise you expect fair criticism. And I, I think maybe that could even be it. Um, so, so you saw that you could see that you could feel the difference in the stadium. It's, it's different. You, whenever you can hear players and I know it's preseason, I'm used to seeing very small crowds during preseason. It happens, but there's usually always noise. There's usually always something coming from the supporters groups. You're not seeing that. Uh, so it does. It reminds me a lot of some COVID games that we went to Kevin. Well, I was just going to say you, if, if you remember COVID when we would drive into the parking lot, cause media were allowed in, um, there were the supporters outside with the drums and and all the musical instruments chanting, chanting, and you could hear them from inside the stadium. It was amazing. You could hear the the the, the supporters who weren't allowed to see the game, couldn't watch the game, couldn't interact with any of the players, but they were outside on the Cal State Dominguez Hills side of the campus, um, making noise, and you could hear them. And now all of a sudden we have games, and they're not in, where they can come in, and they're not in making that noise. Yeah, it's and again, noticeable. Um, and I think it's going to be. I don't know how noticeable it's going to be at the Rose Bowl whenever it's raining sideways and, and the wind's blowing, at least right now, you know, and it's cold and wet. But, um, you know, I think that's going to throw a damper on things. Yeah. Keep in mind the attendance that will be announced for that game will again be MLS policy tickets distributed. So, it, it, again, it's raining sideways and it's 10 degrees. It, it may not be a lot of people in the, in the park and. And then they're going to say, oh, it was, uh, attendance is 80,000. Well, well, that's tickets distributed. Well, I mean, that's also going to be the case at Dignity Hill Sports Park. Most of the tickets in the supporters right. groups have already been sold, right? So you're going to see that, you know, some of those they're going to call tickets distributed and those there's going to be well, nobody there. But but I think everyone who's got, ever gone to a soccer match will agree that it's not so much the size of the crowd, it's the ambience. It's the noise of the crowd. Yeah. 
And you will notice that they may announce 80,000, there may be 10,000 there, and you're going to notice the ambience. I don't care what the attendance figure is. The ambience wasn't there, and that's what's going to happen if the supporters boycott continues and there's not that noise. Uh, there will be people in the stadium, and there will be people who buy tickets and come down and say, "I oh, that's what Chicharito looks like, and they're not really going to understand what's going on, and there's not going to be the emotion and the ambience in the stadium. There may be people there, but there won't be that emotion, and and that will be missed by everybody. Yeah, it's it, it, so again, something to watch, uh, just observational as we go. Uh, game, game against Toronto. This was supposed to be the start that you were sort of expecting. Where does the starting lineup sort of sit out? Uh, you know, you're looking at no Costa, uh, which is not surprising. Uh, they're watching a calf issue with him. Uh, there's no Chicharito. Uh, he's back to training. They expect that he will be ready for Saturday, but he was missed on the night. Um, Jovalich got the start. Jovalich, when he starts, tends not to do very much. And this is him with the first team lineup and everything else. Uh, you know, Ricky Pouche was out there. Gaston Brugman was out there. Mark Delgado was there. Memo Rodriguez playing on the left wing. You had, um, you know, right wing in uh, in Efrain Alvarez, right? So playing that, you had two inverted wingers cutting a lot inside. So maybe that took some space away from Dayan Jovalich instead of people who are going to stretch it. Um, Tyler Boyd played in the second half. That was good. Uh, you know, your your defense, which is the big question everybody's asking Raheem Edwards. You had uh, you had Jalen Neal starting next to Chris Mavinga in this particular game, right? And so that was a little change from something that we've seen. And we haven't known whether or not we're going to see Jalen Neal be that guy or not. Uh, Greg Vanny said after the game that he has he's not going to lose any sleep over whether or not Jalen starts, but he means that in that he's not nervous he's, if he starts him. He's calm, he's cool, he's collected. If he starts him, he knows he's ready. Um, and Greg said he was focusing on that. Um, so, you know, for all of Jalen Neal's attention as the flavor of the month, and it's well-deserved, and he had two, two caps with the U.S. national team, he's never played in MLS. Not a minute. He played in a, I think, two minutes in a U.S. Open Cup game. But Jalen Neal is one of the very few players in history who has made a, a start and and two caps with the national team before he's ever played for his club team. Yeah, it, it's 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 uh it's one of those uh those things. This is going to be the big test, and I think Greg Vanny very well could start him. Uh, I don't think he does just because of how big the game is going to be, and he's going to want to probably have somebody a little more experienced. But having said that. Uh, the Galaxy are an incomplete team. Greg Vanny admitted as much. Uh, so when they go in to play LAFC, they don't have everything exactly set the way that they want it. Uh, the right side was Kelvin Leardam, by the way. You had Raheem Edwards on the left side. So I think we got the starting lineup and all that. Uh, I'll say this. Efrain Alvarez continues to impress in this preseason. And Kevin Cabral impressed really good last year in the preseason. Efrain Alvarez had a pretty good preseason as well. Uh, but the goal that he stored against Toronto, uh, where he went left and then he went left again, then he went left for the third time to get around the third defender and then cut the ball back against everything and beat the goalkeeper in that far post. I think that's the best goal he's ever scored as an LA Galaxy player. I know there's going to be people, be people who talk about the long shots that he scored against Vancouver and the long shots that he scored against Charlotte last year and some of the more you know left-footed rockets that he scores. But in terms of agility, quickness, uh, being able to evade and maneuver, uh, Efrain Alvarez looked like he was the show uh, in an MLS game. I would I would suggest that Toronto maybe just needs to step out and force him inside a little bit in that particular situation, but it doesn't matter because he put it in. Has had a really good preseason, Kevin. This could be the year. We talked to him afterwards. He says it has to be this year. Well, it it it's always this is going to be the year for. For him, he's one-footed player, which is a problem because teams are going to figure that out. He goes to his left foot all the time, really doesn't even use his right foot for much. Um, he, his problem, you know, for a young guy, his problem was, I, I've been to his house and I met his parents, 
and his mother's an excellent cook. And uh, Ephraim will tell you that because he eats his mother's cooking far too much and, and the horchata and everything else that she makes. That's been his problem. He, he's always been a kind of a beefy guy. Maybe he always will be. Maradona was too. But uh, Ephraim, I think now, is caught on to the fact that his physical fitness and his inability, you know, we knew this before, his inability to play 90 minutes. He was always a 50, 55, 50-minute guy. And his inability to really be out on the field was what cost him. Um and he now, is, as he as he told you, has a personal trainer. Uh-huh. He has a dietitian. Yep. He's got away from mama's cooking, uh, which is a real loss for him. Um, but it's going to make his career better. The fact that a guy his age needs a personal trainer and a personal dietitian strikes me as very unusual. That there's just a total lack of personal discipline, I suppose. But whatever, I mean, it seems to have made a difference. And we know the Galaxy need a winger. They they got one in Tyler Board. They're trying to replace two, Grant Sear and Cabral. I don't think Memo Memo is that guy, but if they get Boyd on one side and if Efrain can be that guy on the other side, they may be better on the wings than they were last year. Memo so far has been better than uh, than a Grant here, and he plays differently. Um, so that's something to watch. He cuts inside a lot more, and that's what you had with Memo and Efra both cutting inside, so a lot of crowded space in there. But Memo has looked really good. I mean, outside of, uh, you know, I would say Efraín is up there in terms of having a great great preseason. Memo Rodriguez right now is the best signing the LA Galaxy have made this offseason. Uh, hands down, it's not even close. Uh, he seems connected. He seems able to play within the system well. He seems comfortable in what he's being asked to do. Greg likes his versatility in terms of playing on the outside or playing on the inside. That being said, I don't think he's a starter. I think that eventually he will be replaced by somebody um, and that he'll be more a depth piece when you look at this. But seeing him right now, unbelievable. You, you, you talk about like the different Jalen on the defense has been the biggest biggest thing in the midfield. It's been Memo Rodriguez and and Efrain Alvarez. And at forward, it has been, I would say, a lack of Chicharito and a lot of minutes for Jovalich, but not a lot to show from it. Those are sort of the, the big deals right now. When you look at Memo, I mean, I was really disappointed, and I wrote this, uh, you know, that they're, for the longest time, Malving and Memo were their, their, their offseason signings. Two guys that I wrote were released by their teams, not really released. They were allowed to go as free agents. What I, when I wrote released, I meant the teams had the option of dealing with them and, and bringing them back and decided not to. So the teams made the decision, we, these are guys that are expendable for us. Okay, that's what I meant when I said they were released. Having said all that, the thing with Memo is it, it – it, it's one of two things, it seems to me. People always tell me, like, everything will revert to the numbers on the back of your baseball card. That's where you're going to wind up at the end of the season. You're not going to go from being a 250 hitter to hitting 400. It's just not going to happen. You're going to wind up somewhere where the stats are in the back of your baseball card. That's not necessarily a great thing for, for Memo Rodriguez. His career has been solid, but but not anyone. Not, I don't think anything that would get a lot of people excited. Um, however, having said that, a lot of times that depends on on the system that you're asked to play and the things yep. you're asked to do. Yep. Maybe Greg Vanny has found the secret. Maybe he's using Memo in a way that he hasn't been used before, and he's allowing this guy to be in a position to succeed. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, he could wind – when you look at his stats, I agree with you. He's a guy that's going to be depth, and we're going to – in the Galaxy going to need depth. With, they could play as many as 50 games this season. On the other hand, he could step in – you know, it, we've seen guys like – um, um, well, Malvinga is one, um, Movinga. Um, Movinga, there's no L Movinga. 
Yes. Well, that that guy. That yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, the, the, the chat room. Of, the chat room also wants wants me to tell you that there's no H in horchata. It's horchata. <laughs> no, 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 no other things. Otherwise, it gets PG thirteen. This is why I write instead of talk. Right. I know. I, that's what I was trying. Yeah. I try to explain that people. You said ambiance earlier, and it's ambiance, but you know that's French, and I, well, I don't want French. you. Yeah, I know. I don't want you to. I don't want you getting crazy with it. By uh, the way, at some point we need to talk about what happened to the whole French connection. There's only one guy left from that whole. They they all left. You know, French connection. Yeah. But the the point being, the guys that that Vanny brought in from Toronto, he brought them in for a reason. Right. And look at some of those guys did not play well in non-Vanny years, and now they're back with Vanny and they're playing very well. Yeah. Uh, and and so there is something to that. Vanny knows how to use, perhaps knows how to use Memo. Saw something that nobody else saw, and maybe he's going to unlock this guy. Maybe he is going to have a great season. I really like Memo Rodriguez right now. We'll see how he he continues. Uh, Ricky Pooj, by the way is playing a game that we maybe didn't see as much in the 10 or 12 games that we got to see from him whenever he played, you know, starting from summer and basically and finished out the season uh, with the Galaxy. He is still playing the inside game where he can cut and he can move and the passing, but the passing in the midfield has already, uh, I think, caught up to the level it was at the end of last year, just in terms of the quickness and the and the darting and the moving. And I think Efrain fits really well into that. I think Memo Rodriguez fits really well into that. But one of the things you're seeing Ricky do a little bit more is take into that Be- David Beckham role a little bit, which is find yourself drop back a little bit into the space that's being found in that center, right? Cause everybody's pressing forward. And so if you can drop back a little bit, there's some space there and he's turning and he's distributing. And this is going to be the thing that allows Ricky Pooch to survive 34 plus games uh, in major league soccer, because when he's inside and when he's interior and you saw it in this game, he's going to get fouled. They're going to foul him like crazy. They're going to be physical with him. They're going to, they're going to catch him late. And Ricky's a fiery guy. He's going to get yellow cards and all sorts of things because of this, uh, his body is going to get beat up this year, especially in major league soccer where we're, we're technically, we like to be really physical, right? So you're going to see that the thing that is going to save Ricky Pooch this year is being able to drop into the back whenever the LA galaxy are pressing and pressuring forward and being able to distribute from that backside. He had several great switches, great open passes. Uh, just also the quickness, the the goal that Mark Delgado scored. I think Greg Vanny threw shade at Mark Delgado afterwards. I went back and sort of listened to it, and I'm pretty sure this is what he's saying. Uh, there was a free kick, and I think it was a foul on Ricky. Ricky got fouled. Uh, and then he played it quickly out to, it was like 35 yards out, played it quickly out to Delgado. Delgado took a touch uh, into space because Toronto hadn't killed, ha- hadn't closed it down. From about 30 yards out, Del- Delgado launched a ball and it went to the back of the net past Sean Johnson, um, newly acquired by TFC there. Uh, Vanny said afterwards, he goes, well, if you know Mark in training, he loves to shoot. And, and, and then he sort of let that trail for a second. He goes, I'm just glad this one went in. Right. So apparently Mark Delgado shoots a lot in training and none of them go in. So this particular one did. Uh, and Vanny says that he does hit a heavy ball. So those were your goals uh, from the galaxy. The the Efrain goal it was a good team goal. The Delgado goal was a, a good take. I will say 100 percent that I thought that Toronto should have had one or two goals as well. They just were not good on the finishing side of things. Well, they did have one that was called back. They did. He was offside. So it was it was the correct call. And they did eventually get one. Uh, that was well taken. And and at that point, the Galaxy had had, had sort of had their their uh, low minute guys in. So that made some sense. 
Um, things fell apart a little bit in that. The things we learned after the game, though, were important. Uh, we asked Greg Vanny about Tyler Boyd, and he said, I think in the next couple of days we have it all solved. We're not concerned that he's going to be ready for the Rose Bowl. They officially announced him today. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, Uri Rossell, uh, who's, I think, the Spanish midfielder, defensive midfielder. He's a number six. Uh, we asked, uh, Damian Calhoun asked Vanny about him and said, you know, does he have, does he have plans? Do you have plans for him this year? Is he going to be on the team? And Vanny said I didn't, that he didn't want to give away all his secrets, but that yes, he was going to be on the team. So, uh, he had a concussion in this, in the preseason. And so he was out for 10 days. Um, uh, and so now he's back. So expect that he's a depth piece there. Carlos Harvey went away. They're going to get, uh, Uri Rossell in there. I, we don't have, you know, any information, but I would imagine that it's a low money deal. Um, and he's coming in to play depth last played at, um, at sporting Kansas city, I think, um, and has a green card from all the information that I have. So it wouldn't cost an international spot. So I think that's good depth signing there. Um, then we asked, uh, we asked Greg about some rumors. We'll talk about those rumors here in, in just a little bit. So the other part about this, and let's get to Andrew's question. Cause Andrew gave us a $5 super chat forever ago. He said, sorry, if you covered this, did Apple give heads up on the broadcast for this last preseason match? I saw the recap is still up, but no full replay. I was able to watch the full replay like immediately after the game. I was actually amazed and no, by the way, uh, we didn't get a full confirmation sort of heads up. The LA Galaxy didn't give it to us. And and MLS was sort of, I think, being shy about it, too, because this was a test, right? They didn't want to be like, hey, we're going to do this. Everybody tune in. They were sort of like, we're going to do this. And if you tune in, that's great. And if not, that's OK, because we're still trying to figure this out. So Apple TV was on in full effect, Kevin. Uh, we saw it. I was watching it up in the press box, actually, while some of the stuff was going. Some, depending on your stream, 30 seconds to probably a minute or a more delay in terms of the live action versus Apple TV. Not, not surprising for a streaming service um, and all those things. Uh, the big deal, uh, there was a couple big deals. People were talking about, um, obviously, the the people on the call, Mark Rogandino and Heath Pierce, I think, were, um, were on the call for this LA Galaxy game. I didn't listen to them because there's a little button that you can click uh, whenever you get this chance, and it says uh, audio options, and you can click it, and you can say home radio feed, Kevin, and in this particular case, that was Mr. Joe Titino on the call. Apparently, that audio started out really crappy and got, got much better um, as it went, so... I always pick Joe. Always pick Joe. Joe's great. But by the way, it's interesting what you say about the time delay, because when LAFC launched and they they had YouTube TV as their as their jersey sponsor, one of the things the team said is, "Oh, this is going to be great. You can take your mobile device into the stadium and watch the game, watch replays and everything on YouTube TV while the game's going on." And at first, that sounded like kind of a cool option because we have that in the press box. We can watch replays on the TV monitors. And for the fans to be able to do that, that seemed kind of cool. I talked to someone at, at Apple TV when they had their media day last month up in Cupertino, and I asked about that. I go, is this going to be something that you're going to press? And he, they said, no, we don't want people in the stadium watching our product on their mobile device. We want them watching the game, going to a live event, talking again about the ambiance right. of the game as we did earlier. Um they want you to enjoy the game in person. And and I I know there's always a delay on, on mobile devices, streaming devices, but I wonder if that delay has been goosed up a little bit to, to make it uncomfortable to watch the game on your phone while you're at the stadium. Because it, Apple TV made the point that they don't want anyone doing that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it, it It's... It's something to watch, I think, just how it's sort of used and how the fans use it. Um, I was I was so shocked, though, because when the game was over, we were sitting down in the press conference and I was scrubbing through the game to watch like when because 
I, I like highlights, but highlights are horrible in Major League Soccer because they never show the buildup. They never show what led to a foul or a penalty kick. They are it's literally they're dumbing it down to the stupidest person. and It drives me crazy uh, because it has to be four minutes long. You can't have any more than four minutes. It has to be four minutes. I don't care if there were 17 goals scored. You only get four minutes, right? So um, that drives me crazy. So in this, I could go through because I wanted to see the buildup to Efrain's goals. So, oh, you could ask a question about it, right? Oh, hey. There were 27 passes in the lead up. Is that how you guys want to play? You know, yes, obviously. But, you know, let's hear it from Greg. Let's hear hear him sort of talk. So I was amazed that you could scrub through it with your finger, sort of find the goals, do the whole thing. I imagine that's going to be better. I will tell everybody this. I know from talking to some people who are in the industry, that the graphics packages you saw are not the final production either. So I know a lot of people are saying, I think Toronto's swatch was like pink instead of red. They were like, here, Toronto. And it was sort of pinkish red. Um, don't worry about that. The final packages are supposed to be done uh, this week from what I heard uh, and get them in and sort of have the full graphics packages. But I think it's going to be a good graphics package. These are not, they're not skimping on any of this stuff. So this is, this is full. The, the, I don't remember. Do, does everybody remember when time Warner took over the, the LA galaxies thing? And like they had a town hall meeting in the studio and they had all this like bumper programming, right? The stuff before and after and all this stuff. And it was like, wow, look at how, the LA Galaxy and Major League Soccer being treated like a major league. Well, what happened whenever the viewership wasn't there and they didn't get it? All that stuff went away, right? And so right now you're in the honeymoon period. Apple's going to throw all the content out. They're going to throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. I wouldn't be surprised if some of it gets, you know, removed or reduced eventually. But in at least these first couple of years, I would imagine that you're going to see, you know, sort of this, this beefed up product, this thing that's going to show you all the bells and whistles. And I think they're close on this. Now, Major downfall. And uh, I somebody was tweeting it out today because somebody asked me about it. Uh, I think Mr. Provino was talking about that. Uh, he was talking and saying, hey, you can only get the home radio feed, right? And he, there was a game before New England and Orlando were playing, and it was only the home radio option. So what would happen when the LA Galaxy go on the road? Well, as of right now, and Jeremiah O'Shan, uh, who's, uh, who covers the Sounders, does a lot of things in MLS, says basically that the radio feed is only going to be from the home team for right now. And basically, they're told that it's a technical issue that requires the feed to be hardwired into the broadcast truck, which allows for it to be perfectly synced, right? Now, that sounds like it's a technical problem, like it's something they could they could clean out. Joe Tatino, whenever I tweeted out, I go, that means you can't listen to Joe whenever he's on the road, whenever they're on the road, because you won't be able to listen to Joe, right? And it won't be synced up, if if and you won't have that option on your app, so you're going to have to listen to whoever MLS puts in that. Joe basically said... Or they could just patch the the away stadium into the truck and then you'd be all solved. He's like, like we did 15 years ago. He's Joe is the expert radio guy and knows all of these things. So you're not going to pull the wool over Joe Tatino's eyes. He's like, you can fix this easily. We can do this. And I imagine they do it with other teams as well. Well, as good as an announcer as Joe is, he's a technical guy. He was the guy that ran the radio stations down San Diego and did all that technical stuff. So he knows the ins and outs, the nuts and bolts of this. Who is going to be his analyst? I, I guess with Kobe nope. off doing Apple TV, he's going to be by himself, single, right? Joe single, will be alone. Single booth right now. I don't know if eventually Christian Miles joins him up there because Christian was obviously a co-host here and did a lot of play-by-play for the Galaxy whenever Joe would do TV. What about you? No, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'd like to I like I like to sit up in the stands and or sit up in the press box and drink my soda and just watch the game unfold in front of me. I'm a live soccer nut, so I that's all I want. Just leave me right there. I mean, if Joe wants what? it, he'll never be able to talk cuz I never shut up. So I don't know if that's really, you know, my place. 
Well, speaking of Galaxy Broadcasting alum, alumni, alum, alum, people that used to work for them, Nikki Kay is in uh, Arizona with the Dodgers right now. Yeah, she was there last year, too. I love how, like, all of a sudden you you pay attention after she's no longer covering the Galaxy. Like, she was there last year. She did some of the Lakers stuff, too. She's all around. So, you know, I again, if they ever do sideline reporters, which I think they're going to miss this year, uh, Nikki should be there because she loves soccer. She dedicates herself to it, and she works really hard at it. So um, I'm on Team Nikki over Team Panda for sure, 100%. You're, <laughs> you're on Team Nikki over Team Panda too. Uh, yes, so that, I am. That, that's fine. Um, so that's the Apple TV sort of side of this. I really think that the Apple TV thing is going to be good, at least in the in the short term, in the interim, until we sort of figure out what the bad parts of it are. There's going to be negative parts. Um, but at least right now, I really like the product. I like the I like sort of the crisp, clear picture. There were people who were sending me shots of like their TV going all scrambled. I would imagine that that's going to happen a little bit. But they were doing these tests because they are going live next weekend and there's no more testing after that. Is there such a thing as too much content? I mean, they're going to do the post-game media conferences. They're going to have all kinds of shoulder programming during the week. If you go, if you have the Galaxy page on your Apple TV app, you're going to get all kinds of written content as well, statistics and stuff. Is there is there a danger that there is literally too much content? Yes. I know that we, for example, the Super Bowl, we're used to getting all this stuff for the Super Bowl, but we don't want it for the third game of the regular season when the Rams are playing, you know, the Washington, whatever they are now. Well, well we know as reporters, and we're having this discussion right now, is how we cover the team afterwards in the press conferences because the away co- coach is going to come. And they want them to talk. And so the Galaxy are trying to figure out how to do that because what you need to understand about soccer players or any professional athletes is if you're not there in front of them requesting that they answer your questions, they will leave and they will go. And a lot of times we miss players because they will leave and they will go. And so if you delay us by having us sit through a, uh, a an away coach, which, by the way, nope, almost none of the press that's you know covering the LA Galaxy beat is going to talk to the away coach. <laughs> And there's no visiting writers. Very few teams in MLS have visiting writers. So it's going to be the PR guy just asking the coach a bunch of questions for yes. Apple TV. Yes, and that's what we expect to happen. But that delays everything as it goes. So we know we're going to have to change things. So yes, I think there could be too much content. But uh, I think the Galaxy are going to be smart enough with it. I, I know how they're trying to do it. We'll see if that ends up happening. But, but I mean for the fans too. I mean, it, can, can it just be so much that it overwhelms you um, for 34 games a year? Uh, again, the Super Bowl, MLS Cup, I get it. One game, you want all the, those those stats. But for every single game, it's one of those things where there is so much information, you miss the important information because sometimes, there's so much stuff floating around. Yeah, sometimes. I don't think we're there yet, though, by the way. You're, I mean, right now, they're filling everything out. If you're a diehard, you want to listen to the post-game press conferences. If you're a diehard, you want to have all that information because you get the little nuggets of information that you're able to glean from all of that. That's So I think that they're, they're playing that. Again, I like Apple TV. I think it's going to go... Uh, well for them. Let's talk about Tyler Boyd, though. Uh, Tyler Boyd f- fully announced by the LA Galaxy today. Uh, I was driving, so I was late on the uh, the announcement. I saw it come through, and I'm like, ah, not going to text and drive this one. This one's, this one's going to have to wait until I get home. Plus, it was, as Greg Vanny said, the worst-kept secret uh, in all of Major League Soccer. Uh, Tyler Boyd, non-TAM contract from what we know. Uh, one year. Yeah, one single year. No options. And there's a lot of discussion about that, Kevin. Do you think Tyler... It's not even a year. It's 10 months. Yeah, do you think Tyler Boyd asked for a one-year contract? Do you think the LA Galaxy asked for a one-year contract? Well, your theory was that at his age that he wanted to prove himself so he could sign one more big deal, and this would be the way to do that. And rather than like, if he plays well enough to get that big deal, great. If he plays, you know, solid, maybe the Galaxy give him another year. 
Um, so I think he's trying to do it both ways. I, I smart. Th- I, I think that because he got relatively no playing time in Turkey, there's sort of this impression that maybe he can't play anymore. Right. So far in the preseason, Tyler Boyd's looked really good in the limited amount of minutes we've seen. Um, he's looked really good. Uh, I think he's going to come off the bench against LAFC and he's going to cause them problems. Right. So that's I, that's how I expect them to use him in that in that opening game. Uh, and I think that in this particular case, he's going to use this year to get healthy, get a lot of minutes. I imagine he's possibly one of the starters whenever, uh, depending on Douglas Costa, we'll talk a little bit about that too. Um, whenever that comes down with, with, with Tyler Boyd. So I think that this was a play on him because you would think the galaxy would at least put an option year in there. Right. And that they'd want the option year. And Tyler Boyd's not an idiot. And he's like, I don't want you guys to have the option. And so if I'm coming, it's one year and we'll see where we stand from there because I'm going to show you how much I can play for non Tam deal. Um, because usually targeted allocation money has to be announced uh, whenever they make the announcement. And MLS goes over all of these press releases before they go out to make sure that they have the proper wording in them. Um, I think and if you mess up, you get suspended. That's I, that's what I hear. Um, so that's where you that's where I sort of see this going right now is that uh, the Galaxy are sort of like, all right. Uh, we want you so come play and Tyler Boyd's like this is my audition for the rest of MLS because this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my career this is where I'm going to play and if I play really well then I will get that TAM contract next uh, time or maybe the DP contract he's not going to get a DP but I think you know a high a higher TAM uh, project certainly there well here's here's my, my take on the on the Boyd things we talked about earlier um, there were really only two signings that had taken place up until say the last week. Now Tyler Boyd and and then we have some other guys starting to to filter in and there's rumors going around. The Galaxy, if you get if you go back to the playoff loss, they have 18 weeks to get ready for the opener. And Greg Vanny admitted last week that hey, this is not a complete team. We we knew when the schedule came out when we were going to play, and we're just not ready for that game. I'm not Greg Vanny, and I don't pretend to be Greg Vanny. He's won MLS Cups and Supporter Shields, and he's a great coach. That's why he's in that position. So I don't want this to sound like I'm second-guessing him, but I'm just questioning why would you not want to be ready for the opener? Now, I know last year he said the season starts with 10 games to go because of the playoffs. And by the way, the MLS will announce, expected, I think, to announce a new playoff format this week and maybe as early as tomorrow. But the playoff format is, according to reporting in the, in, in the Athletic, if that's true, it's supposed to be nine teams. If you're not one of the top nine teams in a 14-team conference, then you probably don't have a lot of business being out there anyways. The Galaxy will be one of those nine teams. And once they get into the playoffs, they have a chance to make a, a long run just because of the personnel that they have. But and, and so I'm sure Greg's looking at that and saying, you know, we really don't need to have our best team until October. Uh, they're not going to compete for a supporter shield probably, I don't think. I don't think the team is good enough to do that. Um but it's just the idea of starting the season and admitted like, hey, we've had 18 weeks and we're just not ready. That there's just something about that that doesn't sit right with me. I, you know, I, 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 I know Greg wants to make the best signs. He doesn't want to panic. But and, and there were some things that happened out of his control. He didn't know Grant Sear was going to stay back in France for personal reasons. He did trade Cabral, so he knew that 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 was something he was probably thinking about. Um, he didn't know he was going to lose Araujo even until the very end of the window. He said that came together pretty quickly um, at the end of the window. So there were some problems that he didn't anticipate, but again, still the whole winter you had two signings. None of uh, both guys are not probably predicted to be starters. That seems like a lot of wasted time. I bet you that Mavinga and Memo start like for 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 a lot of games. I think I think you're going to find that those are bigger signings than than you think. 
The other part of that, I would say, is that when you look at where the replacements are in terms of those players, right, in terms of all the things that they sort of need, they are now... We're, and we're going to talk about right back. So right back rumor and Greg Vandy confirmed that they had talks with a 20 year old right back from Fluminense in Brazil. Uh, this is uh, Lucas Caligari or, or Caligari. I have no idea how you say it. I, I think Greg probably said it. And I knew that was one of the reasons that he he was very confident about how he said it. So I knew they probably had talks with him. Uh, this was as I, I started my question because it was the last questions I said, hey, continuing with you giving all the secrets away after you talked about your Russell, I said, can we talk about uh, Lucas Caligari? and he's been linked to the other galaxy. He said he's one of a list of people who they've been talking to. Uh, the reports out there now basically have this deal done. Uh, it, it's a loan with an option to buy. We'll see exactly where it all comes in in terms of money because I've seen a whole bunch of different things sort of thrown out here and there. Uh, but the 20 year old right back who has not seen a lot of minutes uh, and is a backup more with Fluminense from what I've been reading uh, as he had a really high ceiling and then he sort of fil filtered off a little bit here and there with that saying, I think this is, could be a really good signing for the LA Galaxy. Uh, quick, good dribbling ability, seems to be able to take tackles on the ground, all that fun stuff. I think there was some some talk in the Discord that he's not a not a great winner of balls in the air. As an outside back, you probably don't have to be that guy. Uh, so I think that's less of an issue. And the way the LA Galaxy like to play with the ball on the ground, that probably helps them as well. So anyway, so with uh, Lucas uh, Caligari, it looks like that is going to be the guy who's going to be replacing Julian Araujo. Uh, now it really comes down to with all the other pieces sort of there is the young designated player. We expect that that Caligari is going to be that U22 player. Um, and then that means the LA Galaxy now have three U22 players, which means that if they're signing that young, that if they're signing a DP, it's probably a young DP to keep the three U22 players. And Greg Vanny has hinted at making sure it's a young D designated player. Uh, Greg Vanny in that same sentence where he talked about Lucas Caligari also killed the Marcelo rumor, said he was not aware of any talks that the LA Galaxy have had with Marcelo. Uh, that would be left back and one of probably the scariest positions right now for the LA Galaxy. I like Chase Gasper. Uh, he's still a backup to Raheem Edwards. Raheem Edwards has had a nightmare preseason so far. Uh, maybe it's because the games don't count. And once they start counting, Raheem Edwards snaps into it. But there's been a lot of giveaways. So uh, that Marcelo to, uh, uh, as a left back rumor doesn't seem to fit anything would have to be like a Max Tam sort of player. I don't see that happening, but I feel like the L.A. Galaxy and I was told specifically still have money to be spent. So the Marcelo rumor is dead, at least for now, uh, with Greg Vanny saying that they haven't talked to anybody. Um, in in that particular camp and haven't talked to Marcelo. Not that he was aware of. Obviously, it could be other other people talking. But when you talk about the galaxy with money to spend, for all the heat that the front office and ownership have have taken, most of it justified. They did spend twenty seven million dollars. That was their payroll at the end of last season. It's a club record, second highest in MLS, and they got money back. But without Grandsir coming back and by trading Cabral, although they're paying part of Cabral's salary. They saved, I think, a little over a million and a half. They got some money, not all the money from the Julian Araujo transfer because of the way MLS handles it. Um, so they do have some money to spend, and they haven't been shy about spending it. But what management has always told me is just because a player is available and asking for a certain amount of money, we want that player, we're not going to pay that money. We're, you know, we're, we're going to make sure the player is worth it first. So if there's somebody out there they want, the money's available, but I don't think they're going to spend like drunken sailors. Here's the other fun thing that's sort of happening right now. Uh, the Isco rumor is alive again, uh, and I've been seeing reports of it all day. Uh, this is interesting because Isco would definitely have to come as a designated player, but does not qualify, obviously, as a young designated player. So there could be, and with Costa not playing, 
and Costa suddenly not showing, and maybe there's a calf issue, maybe there's not a calf issue. Um, with him not playing, there could still be a buyout by the LA Galaxy of Douglas Costa in order to open a designated player spot, and that could be Isco. I don't love the fit. I think I can understand it if the LA Galaxy go out and get a young designated player as a winger, and then you have Tyler Boyd, and you have Memo Rodriguez, and you have Efrain Alvarez, and you don't have Douglas Costa anymore, and Isco can sort of sit in the middle as well and play a little bit of that. Maybe he inverts off the side like uh, like Costa does. Really interesting, but the fact it's not dead and that it keeps popping up is one of those things that makes me uh, a little bit nervous. Um, just with in, in terms of how this should go. Uh, by the way, I want to get to some super chats before we we completely shut everything down. I think I said, Gary, uh, thank you for the $10 super chat. Appreciate that. Uh, Julios gave us $2 super chat, says Efrain should distribute some of his weight to, to Ricky Poosh, right? Because Ricky needs to bulk up a little, yeah. right? That's not that's not, that's not not a bad call. Uh, on Ricky, that. one of the few guys, maybe the only guy in MLS, a Texas shirt in. Yeah. Uh, Herb, uh, Herb, by the way, said, uh, any updates on the shirt you're wearing? I am wearing the Corner of the Galaxy jersey. I've been asking... I will get back with that. I will try to make that happen this year as well. So um, it's it's a lot of work to try to coordinate all this stuff, but it is what it is. And I want to make sure if you guys want these, we can we can get you one. And how, how about the shirt I'm wearing? Nobody wants this that. This is an honor. This is honor of, of Joey Naranjo. Nobody wants that shirt. You're gonna if oh, you okay. if you try to switch shirts with anybody right now, they would burn it. <laughs> uh, Herb, by the way, uh, if we do end up getting these, uh, I have I'm buying yours, Herb. So you're you're all set. I will I will make sure that that is the the case. You you done more than enough so we'll make sure that we get you one uh whenever that comes out um those are the rumors this is sort of where the la galaxy sit I, they are not as bad as everybody is making them to be i will tell you right now i've watched them play now multiple games in the preseason i've seen them play against a toronto side that ha- should be okay um should be a good i don't think that they were playing great in that by the way victor vasquez was there uh was jogging before the game said hi to some of the guys uh uh brugman came up and gave him a huge hug whenever he saw him uh, i believe he's either hurt or they weren't going to use him in the game because i think he did some training beforehand and then sat on the bench and or, or sat in the stands or wherever he went for that and was able i watched him and greg vanny walk off the field together talking like as they as they always do about different things so um that's sort of that game i don't think the la galaxy is bad i don't know what to make of this first game because I think the Galaxy will be competitive. I think they will. Uh, I, I don't know that they are going to have all the pieces. Greg Vanny said it, and I'm in agreement with him. Greg's argument, Kevin, was that he didn't want to make decisions for one game whenever there's 34 games or 33 games after that first game, right? And so he's trying to make decisions for the whole season. He doesn't want to give away any points. And uh, as the disc- as the chat room was talking about, there's a ton of early games because everything is clustered together before you get to League's Cup where there's that break for a month. And also the Gold Cup. And, but, and yeah, I, I guess the where I would push back in my point, sort of about yes, these guys may be valuable offseason signings, but they're not the typical offseason signings we've seen with the Galaxy. The Galaxy have Greg. May, I'm going to just say Greg's probably absolutely right, and with the club and whatever that he has, this is the best strategy. Just get to the playoffs and make a run there. That just doesn't feel like the Galaxy. This is a club with big ambitions that yeah. goes into every season playing for supporter shield. Yeah, I disagree with it. Greg said, you just have to make the playoffs and that that's where he's going to run. No, I'm not saying that he said right. that he said that, but, but I'm saying I don't, that that is the reality. I don't think that's the reality. I think the Galilee galaxy. Think could, this a, I think this that, is a team that's going to supporter shield. No, I don't, I don't No, but no, I don't know who yeah. they, I don't know who they're going to sign yet. So whenever they get that young DP in there, 
it's not out of the question. I don't think the LA Galaxy are outside of the top three in the Western Conference, and that's even as they sit right now. There's a good cohesiveness. They have a lot of stuff that I think works for them. They dominated against Portland. I know they lost that game four to one, but that was switches in the second half and some other things that happened in that. Dominated against Portland. They dominated for stretches against Toronto already. You can say whatever you want that these are preseason games and they don't mean anything, but you're seeing that Vanny's way of playing is showing on the field already. And so when they sign the next, like if Douglas Costa goes out and they bring in Isco, I have to think that that's an upgrade. I don't care if Isco plays 17 games instead of, you know, the 14 games that Douglas Costa sort of put together. I have to think that's an upgrade. So I think that they're getting that right. What I'm seeing from Memo Rodriguez is that he could be with, along with Tyler Boyd and even if it's platoon that they could be better than Grant Sear. Uh, Ryan Alvarez with the way he's playing and yes, his preseason. And I understand that before. I see a lot of positives and changes in his game that you have not seen from him before. So you have Pooj, you have Brugman. They're doing the same thing that they were already doing. So I think there's a lot of sky is falling because a lot of these pieces are coming in a little bit late, but the team that's on the field is not horrible. Um, I think, I think that's where everybody needs to understand. It's not horrible. Um, it's not the sky is falling. This team can be competitive and they can be competitive for the first five, six games. Well, it, it, Vanny is the only coach since Bruce Arena that's had consecutive winning seasons with the Galaxy, which is bizarre stat. But it, it's interesting. The first year, Greg brought a lot of those guys in late, if you remember, or brought them in during the season, and they played well. And then they had that horrible stretch in October and September. Remember, they were winless for so many games. And then contrast that with last year, where, again, he brought in guys late in the season, Pooj, Bergman, Caceres, and then they went crazy at the yep. same time where they had a losing streak the year before. Yep. So – it's like this is kind of the rubber match of this. You know, how's this team going to play? Maybe this team is is hot from the start and just goes all the way through. Uh, it, it's but but it it is strange when you look at the roster composition and the way Greg built the teams. That one year they just went south in August, and the next year they took off. Yeah, I mean the the, the I think if you're going to look at what the downfall of the galaxy could be is that there won't be anything in the summer or if there will be, it'll have to be internal to the league. Maybe that's what saves the galaxy seasons. They're, they're able to make an intra-league transfer uh, that makes a lot of sense for them and trade somebody away and get somebody else in or, or bring somebody else in and move somebody down. There's, there's, there's ways. And I think the galaxy are trying to stay flexible even for that summer, knowing that there, there isn't really a summer for them, but there could be. Um, and well, they, they prepare yeah, for that. Yep. Yeah is going to be so important this year. Yeah, it is. Or you're just not going to, you know what? Or you're not going to play. Vanny already said it and he already hinted at it. You don't, he said, we're going to responsibly be as competitive in those tournaments as we can be responsibly. Everybody knows that the focus is on the league. Um, depending on how you play in the league's cup and how you make it through the first couple of rounds and the first couple of games, maybe that turns into a focus, right? It's kind of like the open cup. You make it through a couple of games and all of a sudden that can be a focus because it's a way to get through. So, um, but there may be tournaments where the Galaxy are like, all right, G2 guys or, you know, MLS Next Pro guys, you guys take it over. Have fun. Go out there and run it out because we're not going to waste our guys. We're not going to we're not going to worry about that. There's too many games and we have we have something that's too important. But that's sort of where I sit. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on uh, leading up to this week. There's press conferences. There's the big MLS media day, I think, on Friday. Right, Kevin? Is that is that what you're going to that? Yes. 
I don't know if I'll be able to go to that because I have a lot of stories I need to write and I'm not getting the interviews I need. So we'll see how that comes together. Okay. I understand. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on. I told you I will be not at this game. We'll be out of town, but I'll be watching it on Apple TV and I'll be covering it from the laptop as allowed. Um, so uh, look for that. But we will have a show on Thursday night that will get you ready for this game. So that's where we sit. Galaxy roster maybe finally coming to almost a almost a form that uh, that now seems to be uh, competitive. But we have to see how that sort of plays out on Saturday. So should be interesting. So a, a show on Thursday. When do you travel to Colorado? Friday morning. Oh, you're gonna get snowed in. I know. I'm not. Probably, you probably won't be able to land. No, it'll be fine. There's it's supposed to be like sunny and sunshine there. It's going to be good. I'm 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 not a, I'm not worried at all. Plus I've been stuck there before so it doesn't really bother me. I've I, I've I played that game before. All right, uh anything else? You good? I I had nothing when we started. Newsletter? You you have a newsletter oh, coming what out? about my newsletter? Well, I, I There was a, there was a newsletter which come out tomorrow. Anyone who reads that, um thank you. It is the penultimate LA Times soccer newsletter. The newsletter will be sunlighted next week. We're they wanted me actually to stop writing it in January, but I argued that I wanted to stay through the first El Trafico of the season, the game at the Rose Bowl, um, I thought would be a, a pretty newsworthy event. So we are going to do two more soccer newsletters, and then that ends. No moss. 22,000 people on your list, and you're just going to leave them, leave them hanging, 22,000 huh? subscribers, yeah. yeah. Um, 22,000 plus subscribers to the soccer newsletter. It was a great event. You know, when, we, when it started in the aftermath of the, of the Russia World Cup, they asked me to do it. I hated it. It was just too much work. It's a lot of work. It's yeah. 2,000 words. It's way too long. Um, but it, it gave me a chance to do actually feature-length stories on a lot of different things, on UCLA Women's Soccer, on Orange County Soccer Club, and then the U.S. national team, the other things. We, we, but rather than just a note or a paragraph on UCLA Women's Soccer, we could write a full feature story and include it in the newsletter. That all goes away. There will be a soccer column in the daily newspaper, but right. – the, the space constraints means it's going to be very short. And also the big thing for you is now we have no place to attach the link to the pod, which is always at the bottom of the newsletter. Where were those 22,000 people going to go to get the podcast? Corner of the Galaxy is, is of course, one place they could go. Corner of the, And just subscribe and then you never have to get the link again from any newsletter or anything else. I would remind everybody, subscribe to our channel, subscribe to the podcast, like all that fun stuff, smash that like button. Got to get those those YouTube likes in, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sorry to see it go. I know Larry won't be maybe sorry to see it go, but you know that's that's Larry. You, you know what I was thinking? I, I I don't know how many people know this. Uh, I I know you guys probably can't fathom this, but I made some errors and like I, I called Douglas Costa. I, I think Daniel Di- Costa. Diego and, Costa. And, yeah, and Larry was all over me about that. So I said, okay, well then why don't you help me? It's not getting edited in the in the office. Why don't you help me? And so Larry has been sort of the the uh, below that's uh, you know below the scenes editor of that he edits the column before I turn it in finds the mistakes um, the interesting thing about that is my first job in journalism was at the San Gabriel Valley Tribune in 1977 Larry was uh, an editor at the at the Tribune so when I first started writing 46 years ago Larry edited my stuff and now in retirement he's still editing my copy 46 years later yeah, I know. And and he, at least he's getting paid less this time. That's the that's a good thing. Yeah. He says he says I, between you and me that we owe him like 100 lunches. Yeah, he told me I owe him 72 fat burgers, which um I, I guess should, I have, You should yeah. deliver all those at the same time. That's <laughs> that's what I think. 
Um, but yeah, that's it's like that guy from Popeye. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Um, oh, I was gonna say no. Jeff Carlisle came out with an article that we I, that I got to see. Um, I think just before, fantastic article. Yeah, really good. And uh, Jeff on uh, from ESPN does a great job. Um, but anyway, in it, it was mentioned that client the client basically told everybody he got a multi year extension. So if we haven't said that and you haven't seen it, that's from so far away. Well, um, it, it, I want to remark on that because. When we talk about that, it's like when Klein came back, I think I might have had my original story was a multi-year contract too, although I didn't know how many years. His first two contracts were five years. Right. Okay. He set, according to him, according to Klein, he he had set records for uh, ticket revenue and sponsorship revenue. And that a lot of that's the, the Herbalife renewal. That's his job as president. He's on the business side. So he did what he was supposed to do. Why would he accept anything less than a five-year contract. Now, it may not be a five-year contract. There may be, maybe they've decided when, since he's part of the committee for the 2026 World Cup, in 2026, he's going to be too busy to do the Galaxy in the World Cup. I don't know what the World Cup would entail for him. So maybe it's a three-year contract, but I don't see any way that Chris Klein ever went into those negotiations thinking, I just gave you record amounts of revenue, which is my job. Just give me one year. No, I mean, I think it was always thought of as a multi-year contract. It's just it just confirmation, right? And so it's like one of those things is like confirmation on an unknown thing, but, you know, but that it's longer than a year. I was very jealous of that article. It was an incredible article that Jeff did. Um, and the interesting note about Jovan Karowski that people um, that used to work for the Galaxy said they couldn't figure out what he does. Yeah, or, or, or that he does whatever he wants, I think was the quote, right? He does whatever he wants. So, again... Uh, you can go read it, ESPN.com. Jeff Carlisle there. So thank you in the in the in the chat room for reminding me of that thing. Okay, we're done. That's it. We're wrapping it up. It was a long one. I knew it was going to be. Um, so I'm not surprised. Uh, we actually had stuff wow. to talk about. Yeah, I know. Ninety an minutes. An hour and a half. Yeah. It was one of those things. All right. That's as long as the game. Yeah. We're in stoppage time right now. Yeah. It was it was longer than the event at uh, at the theater too by three times. Yeah. So yep. that's always that's always a good thing. All right. Uh, if you are looking for me. I would like to I would like to hit the button and then have things work. Let's try that again. There we go. Okay. Ah, there it, there goes. it goes. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, of course, at Galaxy Podcast, Mr. Kevin Baxter, at KBaxter11, LATimes.com. I would say subscribe to his newsletter. You know what? Go ahead and do it anyway. Go, go One more time. Yeah, you get it for one more time. Go subscribe to his newsletter. LATimes.com is where you can find him. All right. I think that about does it. Show coming up on Thursday. We'll get you ready for El Trafico. What? The season is upon us. Boys, girls, we are ready to start the 2023 season, even if the Galaxy maybe aren't 100% ready there. All right, for Mr. Kevin, the Panda, Baxter, I'm Josh Patogesman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>